Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 102, Writing as Construction 2, Managing Sources and Their Shared Ideas. If you haven't listened to episode 101, you might want to do that first so you understand some of the terms we'll be using in this episode, episode 103, and episode 104. You've developed your topic, your signposts, your argument, and your audience. You found your sources, but now what? Now it's time to organize those sources, dig into why you're using them, and come up with their shared ideas so you can write a paper. The annotated bibliography is a typical assignment in many humanities classes, but in those classes, it's usually about the themes of a story or a novel. There are other ways to use annotated bibliographies, even in classes outside the humanities. One of them is to manage sources for research paper. In this form of the annotated bibliography, you put together a quick reference for yourself that you can use when you're wondering, why did I decide Jones and Jimenez was a good source for this signpost? So in this kind of annotated bibliography, you'll just write your argument right at the top and then list each signpost under it. Now we're assuming that you're doing this in a word processor so that you can add things in between the signposts. Now, Take the first source for your first signpost and write out its works cited citation and the inline citation in your teacher's chosen citation style, whether that's MLA, APA, Chicago style, ASA, whatever. Below that, write a short paragraph that tells you why you used this source. And here's what needs to be in that paragraph. Your signpost is the first sentence. So as education goes up, poverty goes down. Okay. Or education causes a decrease in poverty and then after that signpost then you need to write a one or two sentence description of why this source can support that signpost don't talk about your opinion here focus on the source's results and how they give support to what you're saying in the signpost don't add in your opinions after that give a short quote from the source that backs up the signpost i require my students to keep this quote to no more than 10 words now, some teachers might be okay with 15 or even 20 words, but keep it as short as you can and put a citation with a page number after it. If the source provides a solution to the problem, then include that information and the page you can find it on. For example, on page 129, the source gives a solution to this problem involving, and then give a very short, maybe 10 or 12 words description of the solution. Don't go into detail here. That's not the point. This is a reference thing for you. And then finally, the last sentence should state how the source will help your audience solve the problem. Don't just say that it'll help them be aware of it or understand it. Talk about how it will help them solve it. Now do each of those steps again for each other source you're using. List them under their associated signposts. When you're done, you now have an annotated bibliography. When you need to put your work cited or reference page together, you can copy and paste your citations from the annotated bibliography into that paper. When you're writing the solutions part of your paper, you can look through a four or five page annotated bibliography 
to find that solution involving gang intervention instead of paging through 200 pages of printed out journal articles. More work on the front end saves you time, saves you stress on the back end. Writing this annotated bibliography will make your life easier in the long run. Now you've got to find the shared ideas for a literature review. Because when you write a literature review, you're looking to show how your sources are expressing similar ideas. The exercise we're about to outline will take you through three basic steps to get at those shared ideas. Find examples, create categories, and summarize the shared ideas. To find examples, take all three of your sources for one signpost. Look through each source and note down any examples the source gives of your signpost. For example, if your signpost is, the presence of guns in the home increases gun violence, you might find that source number one has several examples of guns in the home leading to a teenager committing suicide, as well as one example of an adult committing homicide. Then in source number two, you find multiple examples of toddlers getting hold of unattended guns and shooting themselves or someone else accidentally. Finally, source three focuses on how the presence of the gun in a home leads to increased numbers of homicides by the homeowner and gives examples of a husband shooting his wife, a wife shooting an estranged husband, and a teenager shooting his father. So now that you've got examples, you want to create categories. Figure out how you want to categorize these examples. And in the ones we found in the sources about gun violence, there are at least two obvious groups of categories. We can either group them by the age of the shooter, so adult, teen, and child, or by the outcome of the shooting, accident, homicide, and suicide. So pick which group of categories you're going to use to demonstrate the shared ideas in your sources. But when you're writing these examples down, the categories should be pretty obvious pretty quickly. It's like, how do I group these together? Well, I can either group them as shootings by adults, shootings by teens, and shootings by children, or I can group them as accidents, homicides, and suicides. Finally, you want to summarize the common ideas across all the sources and just use those categories as a basis for your summaries. Don't stick to one source anymore. Your goal now is to show how all your sources have shared ideas or shared examples. You want to get away from this, in Jones and Smith they say blah, and in Davis and Wimbledon they say blah, and in Jimenez, Jimenez and Marquez they say blah. No, no, no. You want to give me what all of those things say without mentioning them all individually. You want to get away from the source focus. Annotated bibliography was the time when you focused on the source, but now you want to focus on the shared ideas. So your summaries will probably look a lot like your signpost, but now you'll include the categories. For example, the presence of guns in the home increases gun violence in three ways, accident, suicide, and homicide. So now you've added in your categories. There's your summary of all your sources. That's what they say. Now, to write a literature review paragraph about these sources, you need to use this pattern. State the signpost. The presence of guns in the home increases gun violence. And then state the list of categories you found and cite that list to all of your sources. And then give some of the examples in the first category and cite them to their sources. So you might give one or two examples there. Do the same thing for the second category. Do the same thing for the third category. And then summarize by showing how this will help the audience understand and solve the problem. It's kind of like what you did in the annotated bib. So here's an example. And Denor, let's make sure that we read the sources so that we can say this is where we're doing citations. 
We don't normally do that when we read a paragraph with citations, but we're going to do it this time. So, for example, the presence of guns in the home increases gun violence. The literature documents three ways this violence can happen. Accident, homicide, and suicide. And in parentheses, Jones, 1999, Marks and Sanchez, 2012, Chen and Woodwright, 2003. Outside of the parentheses, guns left unattended have been found by toddlers who have shot themselves or other members of their families. In parentheses, Jones, 1999, Marks and Sanchez, 2012. Outside that parentheses, teenagers and adults have used available guns in the home to attempt and commit suicide, Marks and Sanchez, 2012, as well as committing homicides both within and outside the home, Shannon Woodwright, 2003. Even homes which have available gun safes or gun lockers do not always use them, Shannon Woodwright, 2003. So the simple presence of a gun puts the residents of the home at higher risk. Gun control activists can use this information to frame their arguments and draw attention to the risks presented by guns in the home. Now do this again for your second signpost sources, then again for the third. Now you have three literature review paragraphs, one for each signpost that show the shared ideas across the sources. The beauty of doing this is in most research papers, you're going to have to review literature. Writing the literature review serves as the backbone for your eventual paper, because now all you'll need to do is write paragraphs that go between each literature review paragraph to analyze and apply what you found in your sources. Now, when it comes to our experiences with it, I mean, these, these four episodes that we're doing here on writing as construction are all based on my writer's process that I do with my students with workshops and all kinds of things and I use these methods with my students so they can actually build the paper from the ground up and in my classes they do two workshops and then the annotated bibliography and that's the first part of their paper project they can stop there if they want to or they can go on to the second part which is two more workshops in the lit review and that's what we've covered in this episode I tell my students who write term papers Maybe not to look for ideas, I use the word themes. If they want to talk about people's experiences in the foster care system, or why people commit crime after leaving prison, or whatever other topic they choose, odds are other people have researched it and found something interesting. My students' job is to figure out what that something interesting is to them, and to see if other studies find similar things or different things and explain why. Maybe they survey different populations or they ask slightly different questions and use different methods. Normally, I get the laundry list of authors first. Joan says this, then Marx, then Smith. And once they start looking at themes instead of the year that the article came out or who the authors are, the paper flows a lot more smoothly for them. Now, the way students can use this Look at what you're doing as creating tools to make the final process of writing a paper easier. You're breaking your paper up into steps instead of trying to do it all at once. And each time you also get a better handle on what you're trying to say. It may seem like more work early on, but when you do it this way, you make it easier as you get closer to finishing the paper. Now teachers, I recommend if you're gonna have your students write a paper, have them do an annotated bib and have them do a lit review. 
and set it up so that there are three projects and they get a choice about how many of them to do. So episode 101 covered what I'd go over with students about how to identify a topic, an argument, and an audience, and how to find sources. And then that leads right into the annotated bibliography. And this episode has talked about how to do an annotated bibliography in a lit review. And if you want to use these processes with your students, feel free to reach out to me at adam at undergradeasier.com and I can send on the materials that I use with my students. This episode has covered how to put together an annotated bibliography and a literature review. In the next episode, Adam and I will talk about how to put together, edit, and proofread a research paper through its second draft. So that's what we have for you in episode 102. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 103, when we'll talk about the next big step in writing as construction, writing and organizing the first draft. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.